All right, welcome to episode 19, our second our second round of 18 holes, Chuck. Or the 19th hole. Or the 19th hole. Hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Perfect guess for the 19th hole. We have the one and only Larry Murphy in the house. Murph, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm surprised I'm not until the 19th show, but that's a, but that works. <laughs> well, you're scheduled. You're a busy guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm busy doing a lot of nothing, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to keep busy, trying to not be retired. That's what I'm trying to do. Well, for the listeners that don't uh, don't know, a little, little introduction here of Mr. Murphy. Uh, Larry Murphy, 50-year uh, head golf professional at uh, Moorhead Country Club. Um, how many years have you been a PGA member? Uh, let me see, 1969. So what is that, 54? 54-year 50, PGA member. Good for you. Yes. yes. And yeah. not only a PGA member, Murph, but you've, you've been an exceptional PGA member, mentoring uh, folks that have continued to have careers in the business. I'm one of those fortunate people that came to work for you. Um, so it, it's just a treat to have someone that understands the game of golf, uh, has impacted so many lives through golf, whether it's folks that work for you, members at your club. Um, it's, it's just a treat to have you on the show and to be able to maybe tell some stories about, uh, about your, your career in the, in the golf industry. So thanks for being here. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Larry. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this. So did you always know you wanted to be a golf professional or when did that come to you? Like, I think I'm going to do this for a living. Well, uh, no, I didn't always think about that. I, I, I grew up in the golf uh, business because my dad was the sports editor at the St. Paul Pioneer Press, and his beat was Minnesota golf and the University of Minnesota football basketball programs. So so uh, when I was, I don't even know, eight or 10 years old, I kept uh, tagging along with him to golf tournaments all throughout the state, the amateur, state amateurs and the state opens and state PGAs. So um, uh he he made me uh, think about golf way back in those days. So so uh, so as time went on, um, I played played golf right away. I went to Highland Golf Course in St. Paul, and uh, took their junior lessons. Uh, we rode our bikes there, carrying our clubs just like we see kids doing now, mm -hmm. over our backs, getting to Highland, and we would uh, have to have a lesson from Went Christensen, the PGA professional there. So Went was the first PGA professional. Uh, that had anything to do with me playing golf. Uh, we had to take the lesson, even though we couldn't wait to get on the golf course. And and uh, so so we did that, and it was grip, stance, posture, the same stuff we teach now. And then we could go on the golf course. The whole thing cost like 10 cents, I think. Uh, maybe it was raised to a quarter, which was <laughs> just a stretch. But yeah. but uh, so we spent the whole day there uh, doing that, and then uh, it turned into two or three more days, and not of lessons, but us meeting out there and playing golf. Probably ten or twelve years old at the time. Um, went on to to play. There wasn't many junior golf uh, tournaments at that time. It wasn't like it is now. There was a couple of state J uh, junior JC tournament. Uh, um, the, the state junior tournament, and then there were some shortstop tournaments around that you could play in as you grew older, not at that age. High school? Did you have high school team? Sure. We had a high school team. I went to St. Paul Central. Uh, so I went on to St. Paul Central, and I played four years at St. Paul Central. And then, uh, of course, my love for the game grew then. Um, our senior year, we were undefeated. We won the city, the region, the state, the Twin City. Um, we, we won everything. Wow. So, Who were some of your teammates? Did, was, uh, did you have... Well, John Anybody? Roberts, I think you know John Roberts. Okay. Uh, teams were teams were four count three at the time. 
So uh, uh, Mike Zidell, uh, and then the fourth player was in and out. Didn't you compete against uh, one of the one of the probably one of the sections Minnesota section PGA, which encompasses North South Dakota as well as Minnesota? Mm-hmm. Uh, George Shortridge, did you compete yes, against yes, George? I did in two sports, in hockey and in golf. So I have a scar from George right here from playing in Minnesota. <laughs> I was a goaltender uh, my freshman year. Was this before masks? Yes. Did you have a mask on? I, wore a ma- I, I was the first to wear a mask in uh, in high school uh, hockey. You were a goaltender. I was a goaltender. Well, I wasn't. A, well, that's the other story. I wasn't. I wasn't a goaltender no, until my no, senior Ben's year. You're not. Okay. You're not big enough to be a goaltender, Larry. Yeah, but I'm a little. You're, you're just know, you're quick. You're cat-like. <laughs> yeah, it's not, that's right. I am. Yeah. Well, you should see. Yeah. So so uh, so anyway. So yes, I did play against George. I grew up playing hockey at, uh, and hockey is, was different way back then. We played at the park system in St. Paul. So we went from playing from. I played at Linwood Park, and there were Yedgecombe and St. Marks and all different. Uh, places. So we kind of stayed within our district, we should say. My first uh, uh, time that I had played against George Shortridge in hockey was in in the St. Paul City Conference. So back to, I was a goaltender. Well, I was a goaltender my senior year. Okay. So we didn't have a goalie. I was a catcher in baseball. And I said, well, I'll try this. So the fall, the, let me see, the spring of the year, they threw me in net and I, I did okay. So the coach said, okay, you can play for us. And we went on to uh, finish second in the, in the St. Paul City Conference. Wow. Uh, and my my uh, uh, time with George Shortridge starts well before that because it was golf and hockey. But but so we'll we'll stay on hockey. So the, we played for the City Conference Championship. Us and St. Paul Washington, which is where he was from, were tied at the time. And if uh, and we had one loss, they didn't have any. And so we played in the St. Paul Auditorium at the time, still there. I didn't know that it is still there, and so we had a uh, we had our championship game, and we ended up in a three three tie, and George scored the tying goal on me with under a few minutes to go in the game. Mm. So I still to this day don't know how that went in. You know, yeah. isn't that? I mean, there's you no, re- the there's right no replays. You were in, you up felt... against the post. I, yeah. I don't know how that even got past <laughs> me, but I was up against the post. He came yep. around and tried to stuff it, and next thing I know, it was in the net. So that starts that. Okay, George, and you were already rivals on the golf course. Oh, yeah. So you knew each other. Yeah, I never yeah. lost to him. Mm, How about that? In golf? High school golf, yeah. Oh, I, did I like this, no, I did yes. Not. Yeah, I did not, no. No, we, we used to play 12. Well, okay, so the hockey goes on to, he and I both went to Minnesota. I, I went, at the time, freshmen couldn't play varsity. So yeah, freshmen had to. In hockey, in any, you're talking. In any sport. Oh, any, any in, sport. In, in any sport. What, no. what was the logic for that? NCAA, go to school and school first and oh. get used to. Wow, School, times then, changed. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, they've thrown that out the Jeez. window. Oh, they, they, yeah, pretty quickly. Okay, yeah. sorry to interrupt, but that's uh, curious. Now, now okay. they get paid. It's gone a long, right. it's gone a long way. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, Think of the money you would have made back then. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. I'd have all kinds of I'd have just like the NASCAR drivers all over my jersey. But uh, so, so anyway, so we went out and played there. And uh, when I went to Minnesota, they were not wearing masks in goal. So I didn't care. I mean, I was a goaltender, so didn't even didn't even think twice about it. So I went out there and played, and and George uh, uh, shot from the corner. We had a little scrimmage going between the freshman team, and he shot from the corner. I I did the splits. I, I'd show you, but I, I don't think it would be pretty. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> and the puck got caught right in the right in the crease of my pad. You were a goaltender, you know what I mean. You, you understand the lingo. So it caught in the crease of my pad, came back and hit me right above the eye. So I still have Ooh. a scar here from George Shortridge. So do we go back a ways? Yes, we do. Wow. So uh, and then I I went in the Navy after that. We'll get back to that in a little while here. But uh, as far as golf is concerned, George and I were we were the same age, and we were head to head through the high school golf seasons each and every year. George, of course, was outstanding 
and uh, and I was pretty good, and so we were both playing number one, and and so uh, not my not right away, my junior senior years, so we we played against each other, and we played twelve hole match play, and we'd go after school, hmm. and we'd go to a golf course, and all the teams would be there, and we'd play a twelve hole match play. You get one point for the first six, one point for the the second six, and one point for the total. Hmm. So, um, so anyway, so George was the only player they had, they might've had one more player, but we were, we were four deep. So, mm -hmm. so we, uh, as I said, I was lucky enough to be with some, some good guys and we were a good team and we swept, we won everything, which That's was, fun. which was really, you know, at the time it was just, I mean, we didn't, we didn't know what that was yeah. worth at the time, but Great. I look back at my mom saves the clippings like yours do. Uh -huh. And so I look back and it was a big deal. So we were, we we were good. So, um, so anyway, so then after that, George, of course, turned professional fairly quickly after, after his freshman year and, and, and college, he didn't play college golf, nor did I. Uh, and so he, uh, moved on and, and made a career and a big name for himself in local golf and even national golf. So yes, we were head to head for, in, in a couple of sports. So, so you're at the university of Minnesota and you're a good player, both you and George are good players, but you're not going to go out and play on their golf team yeah. was that because they didn't recruit you or how did how was that back then or was college golf just not what it is now uh not what it is now but uh you know i surprisingly i was more interested in hockey and i think he was too oh and so uh we we were asked to come out and 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 play on the freshman team i suppose in those days that's called recruiting but we weren't going to go anywhere else we both you know if you lived in the cities you went to minnesota sure um you know or maybe st thomas or McAllister or, yep. or augsburg or someplace like that but but we were you know wanted to play hockey so we went right to minnesota they asked us to come there wasn't any letter of intent or anything like that so we went out and played hockey um uh les bolstead was the coach at minnesota um and uh, so uh, we, we didn't get an opportunity to play uh, uh, college golf at Minnesota. Yeah. But but on the other hand, we wouldn't have played as a freshman. We wouldn't even have played golf as a freshman. Sure. Sure. So different rules. Totally different rules. Yeah. Hmm. Didn't I don't understand why, but yeah. that's just the way it was. And it was what we uh, knew and what we expected. So we went on and played. So we beat the varsity, by the way, uh, uh, hockey, and hockey. The freshman team beat the varsity yeah, team. Yeah. I'll date myself a little. Louis oh, Nanny wow. was a senior. Oh wow! Oh, how did that go over? Beating the varsity. Well, and we had to dress team. in the same in the same locker room. We had to dress in the same locker room, and and so and so, so we didn't have our freshmen didn't we didn't have much clout. So, but mm. then when we went out and uh, uh, a guy named Craig Falkman from uh, St. Paul Johnson played on the Olympic team. We had we had a, a good freshman team. We beat them six to five. Wow! wow. And and it was a full fledged scrimmage for the yeah. full whatever we played then. I don't know. 15 minutes a period maybe at that sure. time we don't know what it was would lou remember this if because i listened to him on the radio every once in a while with yeah. with barrero if we had oh, you yeah. call in sure sure yeah yeah absolutely. because he's sharp yeah he's he sharp he Lou's might still, not want to remember it no no he might not <laughs> marsh ryman was our coach and uh and uh let's see the varsity coach was mariucci john mariucci at the yeah. time Wow. wow. So that, yeah. those are names. Yeah. Those are names. Yeah. So it was good. We practiced with them. We were their, we were their, uh, their, uh, goon squad. Uh, if they were sure. playing somebody else, then they would scrimmage against yep. us. And yep. then we finally had, uh, like an actual game that we yep. played against them. And we pretty neat. Them. Yeah. Pretty neat. We got a lot of subjects to cover. So I, yeah. I'm going to go back because you mentioned your dad, sports editor, sure. St. Paul Pioneer yeah. Press. Was it, was that what it was called at the time? St. Paul. Paul Pioneer Press, Pioneer Press and Dispatch. The Dispatch was the evening edition, and the Pioneer Press was morning and Sunday. Okay. okay. 
you've told me a story once where um, he brought you out to Keller, I thought, uh, for the St. Paul Open. Every year, yeah. Okay. And so you're, uh, Arnold Palmer is, is playing in his first U.S. professional event. I think that he had played the week before in, in Canada for the Canadian Open. Okay. You know more than I do. Okay. Okay. Well, didn't you didn't you get an opportunity to follow Arnold Palmer around for that that uh, tournament his his first tournament? Well, that that uh, not that tournament, but the, the, I believe the the PGA Championship was at okay. the Minneapolis Golf Club. Oh, that's Club the one. Yeah, nineteen fifty nine, I think, is what it was. So I would have been a sophomore in high school at the time. So I picked up on Arnold Palmer right away. Uh, I think he won the fifty eight Masters. Is that right? Fifty eight, sixty, sixty two, sixty two, something, or something like, that. like that. Yeah. 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 So, so um, I, I picked up with him at that time and followed him around all four rounds. I would go with my dad to all the golf tournaments. So at St. Paul Open, yes, I was I was hanging around there because that was a big event back then. That was oh, a tour event, right? St. Paul event. Open. Okay, and they all came here. All of them, yeah. Suchek, Littler, uh, Hogan, everybody came to the St. Paul Open. So it was a regular event on the on the PGA Tour at Keller. So yes, I was there. But the the one that really I remember most was was picking him up and following him around Minneapolis Golf Club for four straight days, and and watching him hit shots. And and he didn't win the tournament, but he played well. And I was there. There wasn't a lot of people following at the time, so I mean, mm-hmm. he right could almost walk with them. Yeah. The ropes were there, but. The there army. was no Arnie's army as they no, 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 grew no, to come. No, not, not, not that. So, okay. so, and then he went on to win the 60 masters after that. So, uh, you know, the highlight of my time there was, I, and of course it's all embellished by this time, but, but he was playing, I believe the eighth hole at uh, Minneapolis golf club. And, and he was up against a tree. He flipped a seven iron over. So the toe was on the ground and hit it 20 feet from the hole from about 150 yards. And I thought, wow. I'll never forget that. And I've never forgotten. Like left-handed. Shot. Yeah. Left-handed. Yes. Yeah. Oh, flipped wow. flipped wow. her over and yeah. And hit it and hit it left-handed. 20 feet from the hole from about 150 yards. That's well, awesome. so yeah, so so I followed him. He gave me a wink at one time because he knew I was there all the time because there weren't that many people. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Arnold Palmer was my- You'll never forget it. My hero. Well, awesome. You were able to tell him that. So I was privileged enough to be with you at Arnie's course, Bay Hill. Yes. I don't know how many years ago, maybe 10 years ago now. Let's just say 10. Yeah, time flies. And yep. uh, we're in there having lunch. We've got a group of eight of us and we're going to have lunch. And who's sitting- about three tables away from us, but Arnie Palmer's having lunch. Wow. And Arnie gets up to leave and you very respectfully, I believe is how this went. You went over and introduced yourself. You want to tell a story? Do you remember what, well, you had an opportunity. I'll I'll, I'll do the, well, I mean, you, you introduced (laughs) yourself and um, golf professional. And uh, I thought that you reminded him that you, you were there his first professional tournament after the Canadian open. And he remembered it. He remembered St. Paul Open. He remembered the PGA. I mean, he was really sharp when it he came was. to what, you know, he didn't exactly, you didn't talk about the seven iron upside down shot left-handed, no, no, but no. he, he, he remembered, he might even offer that that was my first professional tournament in the States. Wow. Well, what an opportunity, Murph. Oh yeah, for that, you to, that really was. And he remembered my father. So that, yes, that was, that was the, the other was thing. better yet. Yeah. My dad was a, Cigar smoke, an old time reporter that uh, would interview everybody and became buddies with that. The PGA Tour at that time was much smaller in, in participation, and, sure. and, and and it was great golf. But my dad loved golf, so I, he was around it all the time. And when they came to town for that, he was he uh, had interviewed these guys, you know, several years in a row. So they became friends. And he remembered them. 
Arnie remembered him. Yes. Remember and you remember, Johnson, when we were when we were at our table, we were saying, that's him. He's over there. He's talking to that to that couple over there. And we're in his club having lunch in, in Bay Hills yeah. uh, dining room, lounge, whatever it was. Wow. And we kept we kept talking back and forth. Should we? Should we say something? Should we? Yeah, should we? Yeah. Should we talk to him? Should and so and so then that went on where I introduced myself and said we're you know PGA professionals and we're here to lucky enough to be playing at Bay Hill and and he looks you right in the eyes and mm-hmm. he talks to you like you're his best friend wow. and so we we had a nice conversation with him yeah. there then we go over to hit balls and and here he comes driving up. To uh, comes driving up to the range, and he's going to hit balls. Which I, I and he has clubs on his on his cart. But as we talked, he probably never has a chance to hit balls because people are always wanting to get pictures and talk to him. And and he and he talked to us again. Remember did that he, he did. He, yeah. he looked at, he looked at us and talked to. He started the conversation, and wow. and talked to us on the range. Took pictures with us. Yep, took pictures. Still have it. Of course, That's always I'll have it forever. And then, and then we go out and play golf and get done. And uh, we're they were told. I think we knew before that we could go in the grill and and have a, a beer or a pop or the whatever. men's the, the men's men. grill, Chuck. It's okay. it's a combo men's locker room, yeah. and bar and grill at the same time. Oh, so, I mean, you might be That's having awesome. a burger and a and a beer, and look to your left, and there's a guy just walking out of the shower. Oh, it's, yeah, that's, it's right. A, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It's old yeah. school. It's old school. It's old school. <laughs> well, you remember, you remember what happened then? Of course, uh, Mr. Palmer's coming in. If you guys want to hang around for a little while, I'm sure he'll come in here. So he comes in and he's, he's, he's just like, just like we were trained to do Mark. He's shaking hands with all the members. He's patting them on the back, talking to him about their rounds. And he comes over and what does he do? Sat down right with us. Did he really? Sat down right with us. That's and, remarkable. Yeah, and 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 we got a chance to talk to him for the third time. So wow, I mean, that's what, special. Yeah, what you hear and what you see is all true. Yep. that's just yep. the way he is. Mm-hmm. And and as I said, he's not looking around when he's talking to you to see who yep. else is there. He's looking right at you yep. and talking directly to you. So he was quite a man. I'm gonna. I I need to do a little clarification on that story. Yes, he did that, and then he was sitting up at the bar, and our guys got a little antsy. We had eight of us, and they said we're gonna go do some shopping in the golf shop, and let's get back to the condo. And Mark Holm and I are going, you guys are crazy. Arnold Palmer's hanging in the bar with us right now. Why would you ever leave this? That's it's right. 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I don't need to get back to the condo. Right. So those guys go shopping, and Homer and I, are we decide we're going to play some gin rummy. And Arnie comes back and sits with us. He doesn't start playing gin rummy. We, we stopped the game, but we're visiting now. We're visiting about his grandson that's playing the PGA Tour, and it's just Mark Holm and I with Arnie. Wow. Well, I don't know which one of the six of you guys peeked your head back in to tell us, hey, it's time to leave. might have been Bob Cahill, or maybe <laughs> yeah. David Richardson, yeah. and they see Arnie sitting at the table with Mark Holm and, and me, and all of a sudden, everybody was oh, back sure. in. Then we came back. Oh, yeah. sure. Everybody that's was right. back that's in. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's, a, he's an amazing guy. It, in, in my mind, it was a legend meeting a legend, Bernard. Wow, that's humbling. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know if that's all true, but but he is a legend, and, and of course, we all know that. He's, all right. There's only special. one. There's only gonna, one. Now we're going to fast forward. I, I want to uh, talk a little bit. You, you, you served in the Navy, correct? I did. Thank yeah. you for your yes. service. Thank you. That's, Thank you. that's yeah, uh, How many years were you in the Navy? was uh, uh, six years of service and two years active wow. duty in Japan. Good for you. Amazing. You. Yeah. And you had an opportunity to play a little golf. I did. Yeah, we had a championship 7,000-yard uh, golf course right on the base at Atsugi Naval Air Station uh, mm-hmm. outside of Tokyo. And wow. so 
yeah, so when I went over, uh, here's another story about that. I, the communications weren't what they are today, of course. So there, I couldn't take my cell phone and, and, and have international rates and call my dad. So I sent a letter and I said, Dad, I didn't know we have a 7,000-yard golf course here. I, I need my golf clubs. So he's, okay, four days, eight days later, I get a letter back, sent him. And I sent him back and said, well, how are they coming? Are they, what, he said, I sent them by ship. <laughs> so, so slow boat, so, slow boat, slow boat to Japan. Yeah. So about three weeks later, I get my golf clubs and I'm so excited waiting for them. Yeah. You know, and now it's four or five weeks since I first found out that I could have them. So I was very lucky. I worked at, um, I was a yeoman, uh, third class at the end. And, uh, my office for a, a VQ one, a squadron on the base, my office, if I went out the back door, I was a hundred yards from the first first green beautiful yeah so I, I i mean i couldn't have, i couldn't have dreamt this up so, so yeah yeah it was meant to be so i played a lot of golf when i was in the in the navy and i got to play with a lot of uh officers and i mean golf is a neutralizer so so yep. nobody cares when you go to the golf course whether you're an admiral or or a you know, first year enlisted so but you can play golf so you go out and play so i got a lot of chance to play with that i played on the squadron team the base team so we traveled around um playing against the air force and the army and and every base there surprisingly and i just i looked it up the other day i think camp zama is still active and so is atsugi uh but they all have golf courses Hmm. So they have this Admiral's Cup where you go around and you play at all those courses and you play against each of the other uh, branches of the service team. So that was fun. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I thought anything of it. I don't know if how lucky I was. Yeah. I think I was. I was lucky. But back in the day when I'm 19 I'm, I'm, or 20, I, I was just yeah. glad I got off the base and could go someplace yeah, and play golf. That's great. So, yeah. So we, I did that while I was in the Navy and it was, uh, I just, first of all, I loved my, my service in the Navy and uh, I love my country and, yeah. and I'm glad that I did that. So but then to you play could, golf is, is icing on the cake. So right. the golf game sharp, you, you, you get out of the Navy and then is that when you're like, you know what, I think I'm going to work in the golf industry. What, what was that? What was the time frame between getting out of the Navy and, and going to work? Well, I had I had uh, 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 when I came when I came home. First thing that I did was uh, I went to school at Saint Cloud State. I transferred to Saint oh, okay. Cloud State from Minnesota. All my buddies were up there, so they said come here, and I did. And that's nice. That's how I met Julie. She's a Saint Cloud girl. Um, so at that time, no, not really. I played in uh, I played in what was called the Peters Open, which was the called the, the Tate Mark now. It's the same tournament. Bob Peters from Peters Meets had started the tournament way back when, and I played in it in my high school days. And when I came home, uh, I did pretty well. And John Cons, the head golf professional at St. Cloud, uh, I was bartending at St. Cloud Country Club, and he came to me and said, well, do you ever think of being a golf professional? And he's a PGA member. And I said, well, not really. I haven't. Why? And he said, well, I, I, I need a person on my staff. Would you like to, would you like to join St. Cloud Country Club as an assistant professional? So then uh, that's what I did. I said, I uh, went home and talked to my dad and my mom, and they said, sure, well, you know, that's what you want to do. That's great. And I said, well, I've grown to have a passion for golf, so give this a try. It was easy, easier than it is now. You just All you did was say, I'm going to be a golf professional. And, and if you wanted to be a PGA member, that was different. I, we can go on about that. But, but uh, So I started in uh, working part-time in the golf shop at St. Cloud Country Club. Really liked it. And so went on uh, from there and, and 
uh, and spent three years at St. Cloud Country Club. Then I went to Hillcrest Country Club in St. Paul for a year, a year, little over a year. And then as head to, professional, or no, no, no. Assistant? I was assistant, okay. both, okay. both assistants. Yep. Yeah, three yep. years at St. Cloud, one, one, one and a quarter years at at okay. uh, Hillcrest, okay. and then on to Morehead Country Club from there. So, uh, yeah, I just, I just grown, to, I grew to absolutely love uh, everything about the golf business from the inside, from being in the golf shop. So, were you the first? Were you the first head pro at Morehead, or were you an assistant there first? No, or? no, no. I, I, um, a good friend of mine. Uh, some of the older people will remember the name Jim McElhaney, and I had become friends when I was an assistant. He was at Braemar in in uh, uh, suburb of Minneapolis, and he died. I think it was where Braemar is. Yep. And so he and I had played in some tournaments together and had developed a friendship. And he, in 1968, got the head professional job at Fargo Country Club. So he called me and said, there's the job open across the river. You need to look at that. Well, I, I hadn't been far north of the Minneapolis-St. Paul area other than St. Cloud. So I thought, where is Fargo Moorhead? I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> no have, idea. I didn't have no, I had no idea. So yeah. um, I, I, in the meantime, I forgot the other part. Uh, Julie and I got married in 1966, and we were traveling back and forth to Phoenix. I got a job at a driving range teaching. So I would go there in the winter and then back to uh, back to St. Cloud Country Club and then Hillcrest in the summertime. So I returned from uh, I returned from from my uh, winter job in Phoenix teaching golf. And when I came in the house at my mother's, she said, here's a message. This Jim McElhaney called for you here. So yeah. he had already talked to me about it, but he said, you got to get a hold of them. They're going to make a, a decision pretty soon. So. Um, so then I uh, called the job, called and got an interview and came up here and and um, and was offered the job. So I took it in 1969. 69. Okay. I, I love this story. I think uh, Julie, of course, St. Cloud gal. Um, she hadn't been north either. And when you went to uh, interview, it was in West Fargo, maybe at O'Kelly's or not Biltmore. Or where, where was the interview at? Yeah, we we stayed at O'Kelly's I mean. at, at, at uh, the Oak Manor. Is that Oak right? Manor. Yeah, yeah. We and, stayed. We stayed. They've got had us room there. Yeah. And she said, "Oh my goodness, there's tumbleweeds blowing <laughs> across right. Main Avenue." <laughs> it was the first part of March. First part <laughs> of March. We uh, and I ninety four hadn't been finished yet, <laughs> so we came in on fifty two. And, uh, and on 52, yep. and Julie said she was sitting in the right-hand seat praying that I would not get this job. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> hey, with that, <laughs> we're going to talk. We're going to talk. We're up against a break. We're going to okay. take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about your career here in, in Fargo-Moorhead and yep. the impact you've had. Uh, so Larry Murphy's our guest, PGA legend. We'll be back after just a short break. This segment is brought to you by the Sweet Shots Golf Academy Golf Retail Center uh, now's the time of year. Get uh, fit for your new clubs. Come on out, have a putter fitting with David Booth. He's an exceptional uh, mind when it comes to golf. All our fitters down there, Jim Bigelow, uh, Lucas Johnson, they do a great job getting you ready for your season of golf. Now's the time to get fit, get your clubs ordered so they're here by the time the golf course is open. Sweet Shots Golf Academy. Let's get better today. I think that that's what saying? it was. It's LJ saying. I'm pretty sure that's right. So we need to make mention. <laughs> and it it just slipped our mind. LJ is not here today. Lucas is not here today. I just noticed that. I, yeah. <laughs> and for those listeners that have grown to love Lucas and, and yeah, we all do LJ, yep. um, he has a week of PGA education. Yep. Murph, we were talking about how it was different when you went through. When you basically said, hey, I'm going to be a PGA member. You said, I'm going to go to work as, as a PGA golf professional. I'm sure there was more to it than that. But Lucas has five days 
of lecture, video lecture, eight to five. And I assume there's going to be some type of an exam at the end of the week. Sure. Um, but he has to do it as part of his process to become a PGA member. He, there's literally three levels, and this is his first level. So it takes him out of uh, normal activity uh, for the week. So he wanted to be here. He did want to be here, but he's got to. We said focus. You got to. You got bigger things, and we've neglected to tell our listeners <laughs> where he was. And tell them. Well, we got going with yeah, Murph, and it was right. so much fun. This is the first break we've had yeah, to really sorry, talk LJ. about. LJ. Yeah, sorry about that. I don't even know how many points his fantasy team had. Not many, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're back with Larry Murphy, a uh, longtime PGA member, uh, really a golf, uh, golf legend in our region. We're going to talk about your time at Morehead Country Club. Rare, Larry, is there a situation where we're a golf professional, maybe in any industry, somebody would stay at their same job or same facility when we're talking specifically a golf course for 50 years um i spent 15 years at fargo country club 10 years at a facility before that 50 years you have you, you had to have seen first off congratulations yeah, the members sure, of fargo more members of morehead country club uh, yep. just uh, what a privilege to have one golf professional for 50 years can you tell us do you realize it's 50 years i mean are you into it and go on yeah, I'm going to get to 50, or are you just having so much fun, the years just tick off, and before you know it, that's what happens. That's that's more like it, but I want to clarify one thing. We left off with Julie praying, not that I, that I was no. not going to get the oh, job yeah. at Morehead oh, yeah. Country Oh, that's Club. right. That's so right. I, I want to clarify that for all my beloved members at Morehead Country Club. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we were offered the job, so we we obviously took it, and uh, and 47 years is what it actually was at Morehead Country Club. Oh, I'm sorry. Why am I throwing 50 at it? I don't know. I'm not that old, Mark. But that's I thought you started in... You're right. 40, 40, of course you're right. 40, 47. 47 years, uh, and, and we're the lucky ones. And we, uh, Julie and I are just blessed that we were able to be at Moorhead Country Club with those wonderful members for 47 years. That's just, uh, it was just, just like a dream come true. Because you get to so know the members. thank you to Moorhead Country Club membership. Yeah. You get to know the members, you get to know their children, you get to know their grandchildren. Yeah. I mean, it really is a, a mm-hmm. family situation. You, you, you're invested personally, emotionally, as much as it's a job. That's right. And, and, and time flies by. I mean, it just, it just, as you said, it just, just all of a sudden it's 10 years and then 20 years and then 30 years. And, and we, we, uh, absorbed ourselves into the community and our church and, uh, and our friendships. And so, uh, did it ever enter our minds to leave? Not, not really. You know, uh, we, we had an opportunity or two, but it, 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 it just, it just, uh, did not match what we were already in at Moorhead Country Club with friendships and and family and the community itself. Fargo Moorhead is just a great place to be. Yep. So great so, place to raise well, a family. I was going to bring that up. Great we both place. had the opportunity to uh, grow up uh, with your children, your daughters, yep. similar ages to us. Great people. Thank God they take after Julie, Larry. Yeah, that's that's great so, people. That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> they are Julie's children. That's so, for sure. Went to school with your daughters and uh, in this community. I mean, that's probably why you guys stay, stayed rooted here in Fargo Morad, right? It's an opportunity to see them grow and go to school here in town. And that's a big part of the community and why you stayed, I'm sure. Well, you know, you, you, I'm sure you have had different opportunities also. But, you know, nothing really compares 
to what we have in Fargo-Moorhead as far as the community is concerned and as far as, far as, as friendships and schools. And, yeah. and as they get older, it gets more difficult to pull them out of school and to leave and to go somewhere else. Uh, so, you know, like I said, we're blessed. We, we're blessed to have been in, at one club for that long and develop all those family friendships, as you said, Mark, and to watch their children grow and their children's children grow and to be involved with them in what I love, which is golf. That's just doesn't get any better than that. You know, one thing I've noticed as an outsider, and I was a member kind of in the tail end of your career there at Morgan Country Club, so I got to see it firsthand, Larry, your interaction, and Julie too, Julie being there often and just the way you guys uh, were quick to come up and welcome everybody that came. Love that. I appreciated that. I think of uh, the golf industry and PGA, kind of like a coaching tree. And you look in the NFL and you, you always talk about these these legends that have been coaches. And then where these additional coaches, those assistants have landed. You guys have quite the group. And I know you guys have traveled if it's taken trips to, to south or if it's abroad. Can you speak a little bit about how many pros, assistants that have worked for you, Larry, that have gone on into the business? That in itself is something to be very proud of, Larry. Well, that's that's what we're most proud of is the uh, uh, the uh, young men that have come to work for us, like Mark and and all the others. And I'm not going to mention names; I'll forget somebody. But, sure. but the, we've had uh, we've had uh, some high quality individuals come to us and ask if they could work at our golf shop. And and Julie and I take great pride in watching them develop into the people that they are as they move on. And lucky enough to have had 12 head golf professional PGA members, wow. uh, some still working yep. that uh, that have come through our golf shop. Other than that, the number of, of young men and women that have worked in the bag room, uh, uh, yep. picking the driving range, uh, cleaning carts, yep. and did not decide to get in the golf business or moved on. We're so proud of all of them. And you know that you work in a golf shop like that, you learn a lot of things. I, yep. my, my number one story is that, that I had uh, several who would come to work in the golf shop and uh, boys and girls, and they were, were were shy. They wouldn't look you in the eyes, and if they were talking to you, you could hard to say. You'd have to say, "Speak up," and and uh, that would be in their first year. Yep. So then the second year, they're talking a little more. They're starting to look people in the eyes. And by the third year, they're asking members questions. How was yep. your round? How yep. did you play? You know, how yep. was your lunch? Whatever it would be. And they would start conversations, looking them in the eyes. Yep. And then by the fourth year, you can't shut them up. I mean, that's <laughs> I, I don't mean that like it is. But, yeah. but they, they develop into, into personable yep. uh, uh, young men and women. And they yep. go on to be very successful. And I've had so many of them come back and say thank you for hiring me because it was the best time of my life and I turned into what I am today because I worked in the golf business not necessarily me in the golf business at a club where the members took pride in the people that were working there yep. and then moved on to be executives and uh, people like Mark uh, owning yeah. a business. And, well said. And so yeah, it's that's, that's something to be proud that's of. That's number one. That's that's number one in our minds. Yep. All of the above. So I'm glad you brought that up, Chuck, uh, because. Larry, what you what you did a great job. You created a culture, probably before there were books on how you create a culture. Right now in business, there's yeah. you know how to manage managers, how to do this, how to create culture. You were doing it without a, a roadmap. I mean, and it was just who you were. And there's a one way to do it, and it's the right way. You know, it's the it was the Murphy way. And I think it's not an accident that all those. Well, first they wanted they wanted to come work for you. I'm talking about PGA members that sure. have gone on to be successful. They because quickly you got a reputation. I want to learn the business from Larry Murphy because he did it the right way. And 
for those to, to move on and then sh- they have their own job and then they share that with their assistants. It, you, there are folks out there in the industry, Murph, that you have touched, but you didn't directly manage them because of the skills that you taught. If it's Bob Cahill in, in Grand Rapids, if it's David Richardson in, in Rochester Country Club and the, and the hundreds of staff members that they have, you've also had a, had an influence on them. So it's not just the, the 12 head professionals, Murph. It's, it's uh, your, your impact. And I think that's why you're recognized as a Hall of Fame PGA member in the Minnesota section of the tri-state area. People realize the impact you had on, um, on people and on golf. So, well, thank you. you. Congratulations. Thank you. Very humbling. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. Um, I, more at Country Club. I have a question. Just a couple. We got we to gotta have a couple uh, fun questions, maybe. <laughs> it, what was, um, did you ever have a situation, you know, not all members are great. Did you ever have a situation, Murph, where maybe there's a situation, you don't have to name names, but there's a situation that maybe you had to come to the defense of one of your staff members, or maybe a member just got a little out of hand and it challenged you personally at all? I don't have a story in mind. I'm just curious. No, our members were all just perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Murph, you're not working there anymore. Half those folks aren't going to listen. No, do you have anything that just... Oh, you can't believe this happened. Well, we had one staff member, uh, to be unnamed, you know the person, uh, who was just extremely outgoing and and fun to be around. And he was not in the business, but he was working in the golf shop. And I put him in charge of repairing clubs and and, uh, getting clubs packaged up. And we sent clubs away at the time. You do that all here right now, but to be reshafted to to the cities. And and we had one member who was, uh, you know, just a kind of a, a tinder keg, I guess. Is a, I mean, he could go off at any time. And he broke his seven iron. So I gave it to this individual. And I said, now we got to get this in, get it in today and 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 find out you know, how long it's going to take. And it usually took a week to two. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we told our member that. Well, so, so that ha- we sent it away. And of course, obviously, because he had something on us, he come in, came in two days later and says, my club back yet. And of course, I would say no, but he would be looking for this young person that was working at our golf shop, I believe a senior in high school, something okay. like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so he would be keep looking for him all the time. So he kept doing that day after day. Well, finally, uh, the club hadn't come back in about 10 days or two weeks. And this guy looked in his bag and of course we replaced it with a seven iron, but not the same as what he had. Sure. Something so, for him to use. Yeah. Something. Like, yeah. That, and because of the club, he wasn't playing very well. He couldn't hit that seven iron. He wanted his back. So, so there was a door between the front room and the back room of our golf shop. And this guy was getting madder by the day. And I kept my young man away from him. So he, I didn't want him to have to deal with him at all because I knew what he was, what he was, what he was all about. So, so happens one day and, and, and members never really came through the bag room to get into the front room, but all one day, uh, this young man was up in front talking with me and he was working in the bag. Room. He opens the door and sure enough, this guy is standing right in the doorway oh, and no. he, he, he wanted to strangle the young man in the, in the front room, I think. Over yeah. a seven iron. Yeah. But he, not physically, he wouldn't yeah. have done that, but he verbally yeah. took off after him. And, and, and so I had to step in and say, now, nah, just a minute, Mr. So-and-so, uh, that's, that's not even fair. I mean, mm. the club was sent when you gave it to us. It's not 
we 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 would have driven it there into the cities and brought it back if we knew this was going to go on, but this shouldn't be like this. So leave him alone and step aside and and move. No, don't don't do this anymore. So happens you get into those situations, and that person became a good friend. Oh, oh sure. Forward. Not of me, not only of me, but the young man. But you should have seen the yeah. high school senior when he opens the door and there's oh, the guy no. standing <laughs> like, like, like he was a statue standing there and he took off after him. So that that wasn't very much fun. But we had so no. much fun with with uh, other members. We had one member who who who, <laughs> who was playing with his Saturday morning group and and he was he he in fact the same guy left his dog in the car, left his car running and during the summertime and the air conditioning on while he went out and played golf. There was story after story. Oh Mark knows who I'm talking about. Yeah. And story after story. He had a box of toilet paper that he had purchased from one of our members who sold it put it in the back of his cart, and as he was playing, the box fell out and rolled down and went into a pond. Oh, and so he throws it back in the cart, and as he's driving back, and his, he, and his group didn't bring it in. He just kept playing. He had like five holes to go. The toilet paper rolls kept falling out of the back because the oh, box no. was wet and it broke oh, open. Geez. So, I mean, I mean, there, there's TP just... TP in the fairway. TP in the fairway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see exactly where he was. He hooked the wet one on that hole because right. four rolls of toilet paper <laughs> over there. He hit it over on the right. That's uh, but, hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that was that was, uh, and there's so many, there's so many in that many years of all the great times we had with members. But that's and part all of the funny stories. Part of the blessing of being in the golf industry. Every is. day is a little different, it and is. you're dealing with people, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. people are different. You know, they could be having a good day, they could be having a bad day. So you you throw 300 different people that you see in a day. And uh, it could be an adventure. Yeah, it that's could right. be an adventure. Well, and that's why we loved it, Mark. Right? That's why we love the business because because the, we expected that after a certain number of years, and and you would, you learned how to handle those situations. It's it's how I can, not why I can't, which was yep. always our motto. Yeah, you know how I can, not why I can't, and and it was uh, it was it was a joy. Every day was just a treat. I, I I've said all the way along, there wasn't a day in my career where I, when I got up in the morning, I wasn't just very excited to go to work. Good for you. And so yeah. Yeah, I was lucky. I was lucky. Yep. I was lucky. I had I, I did what I wanted. Well, Mark, I know you're gonna jump into DFS, but before we do, for our listeners now, you're still yep, in the I golf. Wanted. You want to touch a little bit? No, about go that? ahead. Yep. You own it. Yep. So you're helping Coach Kennedy as an assistant coach for the NDSU boys team. You want to talk a little bit how many years, how long you've been doing that? You know, I tried to, uh, five or six. I can't remember. Okay. It's, it's like it's yep. like the golf business. It just keeps keeps yeah. piling keeps. up and Steve keeps keeps me on, uh, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I develop great friendships with uh, the young men that are on our team. And it's just a real treat to be able to do that. Um, so, uh, yes, uh, uh, I, I, I like that. I'm lucky enough to work with a great friend of Mark's and mine, Greg McCullough at Edgewood. I do a couple of days there, okay. uh, and uh, I just I just can't get out. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to quit doing what I'm doing. I love golf and I love other parts of it. Good for and you. And so I'm lucky. I'm lucky to be uh, helping with uh, with a very successful program at NDSU yep. with a great coach in Steve Kennedy yep. and great players that we have this year should be. You know, we're hopeful for this year. We should we're, we should be yep. we should do all right. We're pretty good. So we had so. coach on, as well we as did. one of your players, Nate Dazeel, on as well. Yeah. As, Ahead of you, we apologize. They were prior to. Well, to Murph, you, was busy. Was busy. Yeah. Murph was busy. He was busy. Murph was busy. That's right. But well, the season looks exciting. It's going to be a, a it, fun it season does. for you guys. It does, yeah. yeah. And we start here pretty soon. We go to Savannah, Georgia, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. Good. You know, if everything all comes out the way it should, we should have a successful year. Well, they are lucky to have somebody like you uh, uh, traveling nice. with them and that's being nice. on the golf course. You're, you're a great presence uh, for them. I always said when when Lucas had an opportunity to. Travel the country with two people like Steve Kennedy, Larry Murphy. Yeah. That 
sealed the deal to yeah. go play at NDSU. So. There you go. Well, that's uh, really really nice of you. But I'm the lucky guy. Steve asked me to asked me to help him. I never forget. He came over uh, on one of the last days I was at Morehead Country Club, and I was putting carts away or something. And he said, "Would you ever think of?" of coming to help me at NDSU. And I said, well, let me think about that for a while. Okay, I will. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> just, yes. Like that. Yeah, just like that. So That's I'm a volunteer great. coach. And, I love it. And I, and, I, and, I, and I love it. It's just some great friendships, too. Cool. Steve's right. great. Steve's great. And then one last thing, too, I should mention. You're going to have a legacy PGA member. Your, your grandson, Matt Kula, mm. who we're going to mention, he's in the business and doing quite well down in Arizona. Good for him. Yeah. So congratulations with that, Murray. Thank I you. know that means a lot to you. Matt's had a great... Great uh, career, great start to his uh, life in golf, and and uh, sounds like he's he's doing great down in Arizona. He is, yeah. We're very proud of him and happy uh, for him. He's uh, he's he's been around the country, Michigan, uh, and he is an, an assistant golf professional at Whisper Rock. Uh, we're proud of that, and he's uh, he's doing very well, just like you and Lucas. You know, we can travel along with the two of them together. They're they're both great young men. They're 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 going to be great PGA members. Yep. So yeah, I'm we're we're happy great. for Matt. He's he's doing what he loves, and and that's you can't ask for more than that for a grandchild. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, we better uh, talk some uh, fantasy golf. We're running out of time here. Uh, last week, what a fun tournament! Great tournament. Waste management. Waste management. You know, it's up against the Super Bowl, so it starts a little earlier on Sunday. But yep. Scheffler repeats. Yeah. Boy, wasn't that wasn't that something? Yeah, and the scary thing is, I heard him say he didn't necessarily have his A game. Well, I think he only hit five fairways. That, that was that yeah. final day and shot sixty five, bogey free. Yeah, something yeah, like that. <laughs> so <laughs> that's we we've played there, Mark, and that's not that easy, is it? No, so, and from the tips, yeah. that's not that's not that easy. They make yeah. it look easy. They do. They, yeah. they really do. They really do. So um, I don't know off the top of my head what Lucas had for points. Either do I. So we'll have to. Maybe next week to be continued as far as who's got the goat, but yep. Um, so it's between you and I. Yeah, you want to go first? Go four twenty three point five. Uh oh. Yeah, three eighty four. Oh yes. Did you have two miscuts? I had. Uh, yeah, uh, Tom Hoagie. Yeah. Who now our streak? We had him on the show, Murph, and he hadn't missed a cut since he came on the show. Missed a cut, and then uh, Montgomery. Is it Taylor? Tyler. Oh yeah, yeah. He yeah, missed it's been it, solid. He? he missed the yeah. cut. Both okay. of them missed it by one or two. Doesn't matter. They missed the cut. They missed the cut. So I had two guys missed the cut. How about you? I had one, Morikawa. Which that's a surprise. Yep. I was shocked. Otherwise the rest all got in. So Well, congrats. Thank you. Good plan. Yep. I did do some uh other dailies where I did well. Yeah. I saw that. Once I got a feel for what was going on? Um, and did, I think you told me just in, in passing your approach to you took a couple of the top dog guys, right? And this was in a showdown, so a daily one, a single entry. You went a couple top guys, and then you took chances in the seven k and just hoped to find somebody that got a hot hand like Patrick Rogers. Yep, exactly. And and uh, I was actually in first for a long time, and I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be a big payday, and it ran out where I didn't end up first, but exactly. I, I took Scheffler, Thomas and, uh, uh, power the And then I, then I picked up a couple guys that strokes gain had done all right. Yep. You know, and that information's out there through two or three rounds. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and sure enough, P Rogers shoots 65 that final day. So it was a lot of fun. I knew my team wasn't doing well, but if you can go in and pick a daily, yep. it gives you something to root for. Even if you're having a tough week, you can do a dollar. 
single entry. Exactly. And that data, I think that's important to share with the listeners, Mark, is if you're going to do a single day, especially like try a Saturday or Sunday, go out to datagolf, it's all one word, dot com, and they show tracking after the fact. Actually, they do live tracking of strokes gained from everything from tee to green, approach, driving, you name it. And you can sort by those categories and you can see who's who's really hitting fairways. What's the approach game look like? And I tend to do that, Mark, but then I lean on guys that might have struggled putting. Maybe they're tee to green phenomenal, exactly. but yep. they struggled Saturday putting. I'm going to go, maybe they'll have the, they'll figure it out Sunday with the wand. They're going to continue to hit it good. That's been my approach, and I've had some pretty good luck there. So for the listeners, I would try datagolf.com. It's good advice. Okay. It's good advice. Okay, this week we go to Riviera, Murph. Classic. One of my favorites. Of my favorites. Have I you guess, been there? Have you no, played I've it? Not, no, but I've watched it every okay. year for how many years? I mean, this, this is used to be the LA, 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 LA Open. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that used to be. Now it's the Genesis, I think. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, and I'm going to do my team live. So key stats, yep. though. LJ yep. usually covers yep. this. You for do this. this particular golf course. You want to focus in on driving distance. Okay. The, the bombers, the long hitters tend to have a little bit advantage here historically. Fairways are tough to hit. So I liken it, and what I've heard the experts say is people are going to miss the fairways. The advantage comes who's further down, closer to the pin. Wedge in hand versus the guy having to hit a seven iron out of the rough is going to have that advantage. So I'd look for those guys at driving distance. And then the greens are tough to hit. Strokes uh, gained around the green would be the other data point. Those that are up and down specialists, look at that. And then course history. Those that tend to play well here continue to play well. So those are the three categories that I would uh, focus on for those listeners. Boom. And I got my team in, All right. in that. in that, And I had done well, – Murph, we're in this uh, where I, I tend to watch a lot of golf this time of year. Do you, do you find a carve-out time? Oh, yeah. It's just oh, – yeah. uh-huh. it's a fun time of year to – the grass is green and it's – we're, we're turning the corner here. We're thinking about the golf season. So Yeah, no, it, it is fun. And, and I do find it either in, in real time or the replay at night. Yep. The replays. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Love the replays. We have to touch on Tiger's playing. So Correct. First event back, 800 plus days since his last tourney, not counting match or a uh, major. Okay. So he's the, I think if you're going to put him in your lineup, there's obviously risk here. I mean, to me personally, if he makes cut, that's a win. That's the way I feel. Right. Yep. 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 But you never know. It's Tiger. You never I know. I heard an interesting stat. He's never won at Riviera. Really? Was oh, that a fact? He's well, taken second. I wouldn't have guessed that. that. Yep. Yep. Never won. Huh. Well. Anyway. Well, okay. Mark, you're, well, you're on top okay. of the stats, Chuck, aren't you? Huh? No, he's a stats guy. I'm yeah, a stats guy. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'll lead off. I know we're up Do against the clock yep. here a little bit. You run with it. All right. I'm going two heavy hitters, and then I'm finding a team that works after two heavy hitters. Love it. So I'm going McElroy. And Justin Thomas, two bombers. Uh-huh. McElroy is probably the best okay. driver of the golf ball in the game. And Justin Thomas has played well here in the past. Uh, and he, he, of course, they all bomb it. Well, they don't all bomb it, but those two guys can move it down the down the fairway. Hoagie's played well in the past here, and, and I and I I tend to have him on every week's team, and I just yeah. find a way to because I'm going to feel bad if he's not on my team and he wins some week, <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah. And then uh, I'm following up with uh, Nick Taylor. Yep. Great. Last week, he was phenomenal. Canadian. I feel like he's he's going to feel like he's got some unfinished business. Yep. He's striking the ball really, really well. I like it. Um, and then I did it. Oh, no, I got uh, Shane Lowry. Okay. He struggled last week, but I think yeah. he's a little rebound. He is a bomber. 
He's cheap this week. And he's a value at 7,400. Yep. He was the best player available yep. as I was trying to make up for taking McElroy and Thomas. Yep. And then I did it. Tiger Woods is on my team. Way to go, Mark. I did it. Way to go. I yeah, like gotta, it. You got to do it. got to do it. It's a quarter, Murph. Yes. That's, <laughs> it's a, I'm spending 25 like cents. It. But I'm trying to beat these guys. I've yet to finish first. I'm a perpetual runner-up. It's true. Well, that's more than that. It's worth way more than a quarter then. <laughs> I, right. Yeah. Last week, they were ripping me because, well, how are you going to beat, you know, 100,000 people with that team? And I'm like, I'm not trying to beat 100,000 people. <laughs> just trying to beat <laughs> you, guys. To beat you guys. <laughs> That's so true, isn't it? Yeah. Personal pride. So, all right. So I like that my team. squad. I like it, Mark. A couple heavy hitters and then sprinkling in uh, guys that are playing well other than Lowry, but he's low-owned. A value pick. I like Correct. It. Okay. And I'm hanging, I'm hooking my wagon to Ma- to McElroy. Yeah. Um, Rory, I think it wasn't his cup of tea last week. Yeah. He doesn't, he's going to play it. It's an elevated event. He's, he's like owning the PGA tour. He wants to be a, that good partner, but it wasn't his type of deal. Well, he next week's his deal. Falls yeah. into that driving distance. Yeah. Nobody hits it further than McElroy. So I like that. That's a good play. Thank you. Okay. I'll go quick. I also have JT. He's anchoring my team as the top guy. I think. Tiger's tourney, him and those two are buddies. Yeah. I think he's going to be just focused on uh, performing well. Then I then I kind of went more um, everybody in that same price range in the 80s. I'm going driving distance guy, Wyndham Clark. Mm. And then he's top five guys in driving distance, and he's playing well right now. Matt Fitzpatrick, I think that guy's got the game for playing anywhere. Mm. He's a cut maker. I'm going Taylor Montgomery. He's a young guy. But he hits it a mile, so I'm going again, dip, driving distance. Isn't that my guy that missed the cut last week? He is, right, but he was right on the number. Okay. Yep. Thigala, another guy that bombs it. Bombs it. He's yep. he's he's my scary pick because that guy can either be close in the top three or he's going to miss the cut. But Thigala, he bombs it. And then my 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 guy that's old timer, but he plays well here, Adam Scott. And he's just a I'm hoping to make cut. Classic guy. Getting the top yeah. twenty five. So um, we don't have Homa. No, either one of us, neither of us. Yeah, he's defending champion. It's not like he's playing bad, but nope, that's scary. And Finau, Tony plays well there too. So those two guys would be, if you got an opportunity to get them in, yeah. If you're gonna do multiple lineups, I'd have have those guys sprinkled in. I would, I would agree. I just course knowledge is huge, huge here, and having being contention last year, yeah. I, I, uh, I wonder if a guy. I'll definitely do another lineup and throw those guys on. Yep. I think that's safe. Um, the other guy I would think about, too, is uh, and last last week he missed a cut, Morikawa. I think people are going to be off him, thinking he's playing poorly. He's tee to green, still there. It's just his his putting was terrible last week. So if he can fix, fix that wand, I think that's another guy to take a flyer on. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So that's what we do with a little fancy talk. That's fun. Do you that's think fun. we're fools or no? You know, no, 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 no. I learned a lot just sitting here. Yeah. You know, I know who I'm cheering for now, and uh, and uh, okay. I agree with the Homa thing. I think that's uh, you got to get him in there someplace. He's 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 a great player, and I think he, I, he was too in FedEx Cup, yeah. and and that's he's right. been and he's been playing well. Yes. So I mean, you know, it's it's a uh, he's one of those players like so many, but one of those players that plays bad and finishes eighth. Exactly. Right. You know? Yeah, he was so. super frustrated, but I think he was top ten, top fifteen again. Yeah, he had a yeah. bunker incident. I don't know if you guys saw the video. Yeah. Uh, I know he he tweeted he was not proud of his performance. He threw his club oh. after a shot. Oh, yeah. and he's you know big social media guy, yeah. huge yeah. social media yeah. guy. Yeah. So I think he acknowledged. I, I know he did. He said, "Not my my best uh, my best performance here." Yeah, yeah. I not yeah, like I, it. not like it. <laughs> 
No. I like him this week. I, I do. Yeah. To defend. Yep. Scheffler Solid. defends. Yep. Could be two weeks in a row where we have a defensive title.